Hey, what person you know couldn't use a little bit more encouragement? Yep, almost no one. You got that right. Welcome to my podcast. My name is Naomi Vilneg. Here you'll be hearing a word of encouragement every Wednesday. Please tune in. I believe God calls me to teach and encourage others with his gospel. And I'm leveraging the social media landscape. I hope to teach and disciple a whole generation of people in the place we're spending a lot of our time online. Be blessed and stay encouraged now. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Naomi and I'm your podcast host. Um, And I'm happy here that you have tuned in. And um, I pray that the word today will be an encouragement to you. And that also it will be an encouragement to someone you know. Um, And if you think it will be an encouragement not not only to you, but to someone you know, I encourage you to go ahead. Go ahead and share it. Share the link. Share it with someone else so they may receive a word. So I was putting, getting ready to put a post for myself. It's um, reminders to self. I'm sure you've heard quite a few people have been writing stuff like note to self, um, reminders to self, um, things like that. And then we seem to speak to either ourselves when we were younger or even our future self or even our current self, you know, but um, specifically to a certain situation and, and we're writing these notes. So I was getting ready to put like a post out there and I had written down reminders, reminders to self. My name is Naomi Vilneg. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am seated in Christ Jesus above principalities. And then I finish it by saying, now your turn. Hoping to engage some people um, on my side. But from putting the post together and looking at it, I started to kind of think about identity. And, you know, identity is the fact of being who or what a person or thing is, you know. Um, word like specification, identification, recognition, um, you know, it's just like placing, distinguishing, all help to um, pretty much identify who a person is or tell who a person can be. Or, and a lot of it sometimes come from things all around us, culture, family, what have you, environment, race, um, all of it can place part of our identity. And I get that. Um, and I started to think, what does God says? Who does God says I am? Because a lot of time we're in conflicts too with what the world is telling us and what story they are telling us and what story we are telling ourselves based on what the world is telling us as to who we are. <laughs> and it makes sense that the best place to go back and check on is the one who created you. The one who says in your mother's rooms, I knew you, I need you together. It's the one we should be checking in to see what does God says? Who does he say I am? And, you know, I just wonder, have you ever wondered about that? 
I've wondered myself and I'm asking you today, have you wondered who God says you are? You know, have you ever wanted a different name? I did. My name tech, you know, legally started as Marie Naomi. And at some point I was like, I bumped that. I'm dropping Marie, too many Marie. It started to make me feel a little bit confused about, you know, it's part of my identity. Like every Haitian woman is called Marie to my mind. And then when the opportunity came, I actually changed it. I changed my name. I dropped Marie so I can stay with my middle name because I identify more with Naomi than I did with this Marie that everybody seemed to have. I didn't think I was as common as Marie, like that everybody's name Marie. I wanted to be more unique. And therefore, Naomi is the one that I stood, I stayed with. But maybe you never, um, you're not like that. You never worried about that. You like your name that the, your parents choose. You never had an issue of that. That's okay. But I'm just sharing a little bit of me. Um, and, you know, and then there were some people who were teased um, as a child or even as an adult by people calling you names. Um, and, you know, so we we always dealing with whatever um, with that, whether it's our own name um, or something else. Like I said, you know, race and things like that. We're always trying to identify it and um, depending on what people says and don't say about you. Sometimes we internalize it um, and it become part of the marking of who we are, our identity. Um, throughout my life, I believe the enemy has been whispering labels in my ears that I, you know, had to fight off and still fighting things that I do not want to identify with or call myself. Um, narrative that I don't want to become part of my own narrative in life, you know, that I'm not enough or you, you're not going to make it. You're just a girl from Haiti, you're the immigrants, you know, things like that as if I am just not worthy or not good enough. Um, and, you know, and those can cause problems. They can cause problems in different areas of our lives. And it's important that we have to remember, regardless of everything else, what has happened, the name you have, where you come from, what, you know, um, what family you come from, regardless of your financial background. Um, you know, I mean, we have to remember once we come to Christ, the word of God tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old is gone and the new is here. You know, the old is gone and the new is here. So you and I need to be more invested right now, today, this very second, into what is it that is new about us. And to know what the new that has come, we got to turn into the word of God to find out the, the old that passed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we were thinking before. God is give, getting ready to make us new. Once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's saying that we are a new creation. All the other labeling, 
put them to the side, drop them like hot potatoes. Instead, embrace the new that has come. God also said he give us a new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what is he saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will give each, I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name, hallelujah, a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it, Revelation 2 verse 17. You know, I am newly identified in Christ, um, so I want you to know that you have a new name, you know. We have a new name, thanks to Jesus, thanks to God. We have been newly named. Um, honestly, I don't always care for the many names and nicknames that people will give you around, you know, over the years. You know, from a child, you get these little baby names. And, you know, I myself do it. And I'm sure my kids don't care for so much of the names that I've given them over the year. And as they grow up, they probably more and more so will not care so um, so much about it. But I want us to agree, though. Agree to receive the name that God is giving to us. Do you understand? We may not care too much about what the world may have named us including sometimes the name the parents give us but we can agree today that we can receive the new name that god has given us not only agree to receive it but agree to accept it what god says about us you know what his name what that new name encompass for us um because he knows us best and he loves us the most you know what i mean god knows us best and he loves us the most. And then let's go through the Bible a little bit to say what the Bible say about you, you and your new name. You know, sometimes we say that we are unlovable, you know, and that's become part of our identity. We say, you know, I'm unlovable, but God says I am forever loved. We may be thinking that people cannot truly love us, but God say we are forever love. You know, the Bible says in Romans 8, verse 38 to 39, and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8 verse 38 to 9, let us know that God can love us forever. Now, sometimes, even though we may understand we love, um, we might begin to feel that we are kind of scarred. You know what I mean? Because life is difficult. And because life can be difficult on this earth, we experience some pain and some wounds, some stuff that happens to us, some stuff that we do also live its scar on our lives. And then so you and I, we may be saying we are scarred 
um, you know, kind of, we, we, we've mocked by this life, but God is saying, you know, that's what he says about who you are. You are healed. I am healed, you know, but he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, you, me, we are healed. That is the promise that comes from Isaiah 53 verse 5. We identify with other stuff, some the, the happenings in our lives, things that happen to us, the mess up situations. And sometimes we begin to carry them as part of our identity. But God is saying, you are healed. I am healed. And so that needs to be part of our new identity, new identity. We need to identify with the fact that, yes, things may have happened, but God says we are healed. And um, sometimes we feel weak. We feel weak because things go wrong or maybe people took advantage of us um, in some of the situation we may have experienced um, in life. It may have made us victim and it may make us feel like we are a weak being. Like I'm just not strong. I'm so weak. I can't believe I fall for this. I can't believe I fall for this lie. I can't believe that I, you know, I connected with these people. I can't believe I made her my friend or him my my buddy. I can't believe it. And you know what? And then because things happen and it goes wrong and you feel like it's because I'm weak that I get myself in these situations or this relationship. But God is saying to you and to me that he makes us strong. Mm, hallelujah. God makes us strong. We're not strong from our own inner self, from how much thing we can hold on. We are made strong through Christ, through God. God arms me with strength. The Bible says God, God arms me with strength and he makes my way perfect. Psalm 18 verse 32 is what God has declared. He arms us with strength and makes our ways perfect. You are strong and I am strong. Even though we may be feeling weak, but know that God can make us strong. That is the promise that he said. That's what he says about us. And that needs to be part of who you are today. And whatever you're about to do, know that you are strong because God makes you strong. And, um, you know, if you are like me, and I hope, in that sense, we can relate. We recognize that we are sinners. You know, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Um, recognize that we are sinners. We're not perfect. <laughs> we do some things that are awful. We do things that people don't know about. But we know, the devil knows, and absolutely God knows. And we know that we are sinners. Um, but knowing that you are sinner is not the end of the story. So the story doesn't have a period after that doesn't have a period that we are fall short of the glory that we have missed the mark no the story continue with a redemption plan with forgiveness so god says i am forgiven though we recognize we are sinner that knows that god says that we are forgiven the bible says i am writing to you who are god's children because your sins have been forgiven through jesus First John 2 verse 12. Do you believe this? We who are God's children, we who are God's follower, we who are God's servants, we who are Jesus' disciple, we, us, the believers, you know, 
we are being told that our sin have been forgiven through Jesus. You know, the justification of God, God, you know, announcing that we are not just, is not him being unjust and just claiming like, oh, you were good and this person is a murderer and this person is um, a liar and then all of us are forgiven, all of us have justification. No, this is God having mercy and grace and then he sent Jesus to pay the price of our sins because the wage of sin is death. There is a price to be paid because God is just and justification, be it someone has to pay for the sins then God, knowing that we couldn't handle the payment for that, sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. First John 1, 2, verse 12, let us know that we have been forgiving through Jesus. Jesus paid the debt for you. All right. Jesus paid the debt for me. We are forgiven. We know we are sinners. We know we stumble. We know we miss the mark because that's what sin means. You are missing the mark. You know, we know that happened to us. But we also know, or we should know if we don't know, that God says we are forgiven through Jesus Christ. That's why it's important that you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that's why it's important that you declare him as your Lord and Savior. Accept and declare that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and everything that comes and all the benefit that comes with that is yours. Forgiveness is yours and forgiveness will be mine. All right. Um, there are times in life and we identify with that. We feel abundant and that kind of become as part of your personality or your identity, like the person nobody wants. Oh, my God. The person no one really will choose, maybe because you're thinking, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I didn't come from the right background. So in that time, it let, leave us feeling kind of abandoned, like I'm not wanted. But God says I'm adopted. It's, you know what I mean? This is what we should be identifying with, that God is saying you are adopted, that Naomi is adopted, you know, in Ephesians 1 verse 5, God let us know that God decide in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. It gives the God who create the heaven and the earth, the God Almighty, pleasure to adopt you and me. He wanted to bring us into himself. So he made plain in advance, hallelujah, to make sure that we can be adopted into his own family by bringing us to him through Jesus Christ. You and I could not approach God with our sinful self, but through Jesus Christ, we can approach the throne of grace and go to the Father God who is more than ready to accept us as part of his family. That bring him great pleasure to say we are not his we are now God's own. Like if the Lord God Almighty is willing to, not if, he is. He, that given pleasure, he is willing to accept you. He is willing to say you are his own. What does it matter that men 
may not see you for who you are and may not understand you. We should have confidence to know that the God who created the heaven and the earth knows us. And even though he knows the good, the bad, and the ugly, he is willing to adopt us and bring us into himself. He wants us. He wants us so bad, he made a plan in advance to make sure that we would have a way, hallelujah, and the truth to come back to him. But Jesus is the way and the truth to the Lord, to God, to, to our God, to back to God. Do you understand? I hope you understand. This is so good. This is wonderful because a lot of us deal with that feeling of being ab- abandoned. A lot of us deal with that. You know, it's not happening from kindergarten, you know, from the kindergarten um, arena. You know, when the kid will pick and choose who they want to play with and don't want to play it. It starts there. Even in that arena, we've learned to be rejected. And then it began a sense of me feeling abandoned, not wanted. And as we grow into adulthood, we have many experiences in our life where we will encounter rejection, when we'll be accounting and having a sense of feeling like I am abandoned, like people, I, you know, they don't see me, you know, they don't want me. I'm left behind. I'm left out of the game. I'm left out of the team. I'm left out of the social group. I'm left out, abandoned, not chosen. But God says, don't identify with that. Identify with the fact that I want to adopt you. It gives him, it gives me great pleasure to have you be part of me. And these things can hurt. These things can hurt. It can leave of us, some of us broken. And then, and then we begin to identify as being broken. Some of us, it hurts so bad. We feel broken. Our self-esteem becomes so low. And we walk around life broken. But God says he makes us whole. So you are not broken. Mm, I declare right now, you are not broken. God says he makes us whole. So his words in Colossians 2 verse 10 need to resound right now, need to ring in your spirit. You need to embrace this. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every rulers and authority. So you are also complete through your union with Christ. I repeat, you and I make hold through Christ Jesus. We are complete. Oh, we won't ever feel complete just being lost in the world, just going around accomplishing things. We will never feel complete even if we possess fame. We will never be complete even if we possess, you know, um, money, uh, lots of money. Otherwise, we would see people who have a lot of money and fame would be the happiest person, right? But they're not. A lot of time they are not. I will not say every single rich and famous person is unhappy, is broken. That's not what I'm saying. But a lot of it, a lot of them, a lot of them, a lot of them are not doing too good. In spite of the fame, in spite of the money, they have these things, but they are not complete. But you and I are are made complete through our union with Christ. That's why we need Jesus. Jesus is not an afterthought. Jesus cannot just be an option. Jesus is the only way. (laughs) You and I, we need Jesus. That's the only way we can feel complete. He cannot be an option. He has to be it. Hallelujah. Okay. So I'm encouraging you to be reminded of this verse to know that you are complete. You know, the next time you are feeling less 
you are feeling broken, you are feeling abundant, remember you are made whole, you are made completed through your union with Christ Jesus and this stuff. You are not rejected. We are not rejected. We are not the rejects. We have, we are God. We are God. We are, we belong to God. You know, do not fear. The word of God says, I have redeemed you. I have summoned you. You are mine. Isaiah 43 verse 1. I am God. Hallelujah. I am. I belong to God. I am God. I am not. I am. Oh, maybe, you know, this, this sentence didn't come out as clear as in I am. I belong to God. I'm his. I am God's. I'm God's. There you go. You were not hearing the, the, the S possessive. I belong to God. I belong to him. He says, you are mine. Hello. Don't you want that? You wish that some, some of us out there wish others would claim us, but they don't. We're dealing with instead with issues of being abandoned. We're, being, we're dealing with issue of feeling broken self-esteem all kind of stuff we deal with the issue of being rejected but god says i'm his i'm his it says do not fear do you hear that do not fear i have redeemed you i have some summoned you you are mine that's what god says to you today please remember that remember that you are not rejected you're not broken you're not rejected as a matter of fact you're not even alone <laughs> Even though we like to feel that we are alone because, you know, man has abandoned us. I'm not trying to go over this like it doesn't matter. It does. I know the feeling of feeling abandoned. I know how somehow it can broke you and and, 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 and also, um, you know, messed up with your self-esteem. I know about being rejection and rejection hurts, but we are not alone. And then when you're going through all these, you do feel like you are alone, but you are not alone. God say he's always with us. He's always with you. He's always with me. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 verse 9. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God told that to Joshua. And it's the same message for us today. It rings out loud. God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And we don't have to be afraid or discouraged. Feeling alone. Feeling hopeless. No. 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 Feeling alone can lead to feeling hopeless. Like it's just me. Me versus the world. But also God is saying that, you know, because of him, you can be hopeful. We don't have to feel hopeless. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, this is what God says about you and me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God knows the plan that he has for you. It's not looking good right now. It's not feeling too good right now, but do know that God knows a plan and he has a plan for you. And God's plan is to give you and me a future and a hope. Do you understand? We can be hopeful because God will be giving us hope. 
And so you don't have to feel like you're drifting to this world purposeless. I've got no purpose. I don't know what I'm meant to do, why I'm created, like why I'm here. No, God is saying something else. God created with purpose. He created us with purpose. He created me with purpose. God has a plan. I'm part of the plan. He did not leave me behind. There's no exception to the plan. Like Naomi is not part of it. And you are not part of it. We are part of the plan. Amen. Esther 4 verse 14. Remember the story of Esther? <laughs> Perhaps this is the moment for which you've been created for. Everything's worked together to lead that young lady to that place, that moment. So she can save her people, her nation. You know what I mean? Out of every beautiful woman that show up in that court, the king saw her. The king saw her, the Hebrew young lady. And Esther, and Esther got to a place where she could advocate for her people. She had the ear of the king. My goodness. Perhaps this is the moment for which you've been created. There will come a day that the spirit of God will let you know that perhaps this is the moment for which you've been created for. I don't know through whose voice it will come. I don't know what experience that it will be. I don't know when, what time in your life and what season in your life, but I do know it's going to come just as it's coming in my own that. You know what? For this is the moment you've been created for. All along, everything, everything you've gone through, everything you experienced was leading to this very special moment. Your purpose, your reason for being, why you were created. Hmm. Hallelujah. And sometimes because we are not yet living in our purpose, or we have, we feel like we haven't accomplished it. We don't know yet what it is. It sometimes leaves us with a sense of failure, right? I know because I struggle with that. And I'm like, oh, Lord, look at them. So many people are doing great things and I'm not yet there. Lord, when is my moment coming? <laughs> and purpose is not just one. I believe that God have used me before and he'll use me again. But, you know, we all human beings. We get to that moment um, you know, that feeling of funks where we just, we don't feel so good about life anymore. But God says, don't feel like you're a failure, Naomi. And I'm telling you the same thing. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. First Corinthians 15 verse 57, let us know that we are victorious in Christ Jesus. We don't have to feel lost just because we may be in a season of obscurity doesn't have to leave us, leave us lost, feeling lost. We just have to trust God knows what he's doing because he said he knows the plan and that he'll get us to the moment. Because one thing I was meditating not too long ago, through obscurity, growth is happening. If you watch certain things in nature, how they grow, they don't grow right there in our face for us to see. You know, just think about a zucchini um, patch or melons, or anything like that, or cucumbers, or squash. you got to go through the patch 
lift those beautiful, big, huge leaves and look to see what's growing right there. Rested on the ground, but growing. They rested. There's not much thing going on where they lay quietly every day. I go out in my garden and I have one particular zucchini that I left on purpose just to see how big it can grow. As long as it continues to be connected to that vine, that bad boy is growing. The way it's growing, it's probably going to be as big as a watermelon. As big as my thighs, oh, I don't know. It's just growing and growing. But I have to go through the patch, lift up the leaves and look for it and see there's growth happening even under obscurity. You know, I don't have to feel lost. I just have to trust God, be still, and trust that he's doing what he's doing and let him grow me. All right? And he's the one who will give me a direction and wish to go. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Isaiah 30 verse 21. Now that is what God is saying to us. Whether we, can, we need to turn to the left, whether we need to turn to the right, we don't have to feel so lost or confused. God gives direction. We need to know that we are people who have a shepherd guiding us, leading us. We have a captain who's in control of the sheep, ship, ships that we are in and the boat that we are in. And he's saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. And sometimes when we're in a situation because we're not sure which way to go, it leaves us feeling worried, anxious, even afraid. But God says, with him, you and I, we can have peace. Be filled with peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Neither let it be afraid. We don't have to let our heart be troubled just because we're not sure of the way. Just trust the shepherd. Trust the one who's giving direction. Trust the one who's leading the way. Don't have to worry about what's next. Oh my God, I get to these moments where I do worry. I get anxious. I can't even really sleep. My mind's like going off, you know, a hundred miles a minute, a second. It's like, because I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss that. Oh my God, I need to catch up. My life, I've been behind. I got to do this. I got to, what's going on? So, no, there's not who is. I am not in this worried, anxious, afraid woman. I am a woman of God who is filled by God peace. Because I lean on him. I trust that he will whisper to me the way I should walk in. And then it's up to me to listen. Whether I'm to turn right, whether I'm to turn left. To just open up my ears and listen. That is who I am. And that is who you are too. So if you've been going around running in circle, feeling worried, anxious or afraid about life, about your next steps, about your relationship. I'm going to encourage you to say, God says, with him, you can have peace. And that is part of who you are. Don't be like, oh, no, that's who I am. I worry about everything and I'm afraid. No, we cancel those narrative 
in the name of Jesus about you. In you, there can be peace. And not only peace, in you, there can be joy. Because we are never happy when we're worried, when we're anxious, when we're afraid, right? It leaves us so unhappy. So unhappy. You know, not filled with joy. But you are, God says, you can be joy-filled. The same way you could be filled with peace, you also could be filled with joy. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. John 15, verse 11. Did you hear that? My joy. Not the joy of the world. Not the joy that men can give us. Not this happiness that can leave us, you know, at any minute now. Because they are based on things temporary. But God says, I am telling you these things. He's telling us a bunch of wonderful things. I just released quite a few for you. That is to be, that's supposed to leave you filled with joy. It fills me with joy. I'm happy to know I have purpose, that I can be hopeful because God knows the plan, that I'm not alone because God says, you know, don't be afraid or discouraged. He's with me wherever I go. I'm not rejected. I don't have to fear. Because God said, I've redeemed you. Yes, he knows I'm messed up, but I'm not rejected because of my sin. I'm not rejected because of, you know, the mess that I've created. But instead, God says, I've redeemed you. I've summoned you. You are mine. I am God's own. You understand? I belong to God, you know, and I'm not broken. Yes, feeling of feeling being abundant, feeling I'm not, I'm not wanted, rejected, sometimes leave us feeling broken. But God is saying, no, I make you whole. You are made whole through Christ Jesus. These things leave me with joy. Because God is not a man that he would lie. So what he says about me, it's the truth. And it's not temporary. This is it. This is, this is what God has pronounced over ourselves, our lives. And what he says, that's the truth. I am filled with joy. And I don't have to be afraid. And that's, you know, if I'm going back to what I wrote about my identity post that I was going to write. I am a child of God. I am no longer a slave to fear. I don't have to be afraid. But instead, I have to know that I am God's child. Therefore, I am powerful, love, and have a sound mind. Fear, walking around in life of fear, fear that I'm not enough, fear that I will be rejected, fear that people, false evidence appearing real. A bunch of false evidence, a bunch of things. They'll be so real and leave you, you know, paralyzed. That fear, I'm not afraid. For God says he did not give that spirit of fear to me, nor did he give it to you. The word of God said, for God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Second Timothy 1 verse 7. That is what God has given. Power, love, and sound mind. That spirit of fear is not of God. I don't know where we picked it up, but wherever we pick it up, we need to drop it. And we need the Holy Spirit to give us the strength to drop that spirit of fear, to fight off the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear. The spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. I am not afraid. I say I'm not special. 
But God says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> you know you how you said that. Like you see some great things you can do. If you like me, you're struggling with that. I have vision. God shows me some wonderful thing. And I'm thinking, are you sure? Is it really me? Is it supposed to be me? I'm not that special. I don't know if I can. I don't know I'm, I'm supposed to be do that. Can I really? The question that comes. Fearfully and wonderful made. I remember teaching that scripture to our kids in church and Sunday school. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. This I know full well. Psalm 139 verse 14. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. This I know full well. Um, some of us don't know that full well, but today is a day to begin to know that you are wonderfully and fearfully made. And because we are wonderfully and fearfully made, we should know that God works is wonderful at all times. We are worth it, my friend. We are not worthless, but we are worthless, worth, worth it, not worthless. We are worth it. Jesus died. Because we are worth it. God sent his one and only begotten son to die for us because we are worth it. And I'm just going to end there and let you know that you are worth it. You are the woman for the job. You are the man for the job. You are the young adult for the job. Wherever you are, you are worth it. You are worth it. That's who you are. That is part of your identity. You are a person of worth. So much that God who created the heaven and the earth sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. You are not rejected. You have been adopted. Hallelujah. Be blessed and stay encouraged now. I pray, Lord Jesus, I pray. That whoever is hearing this word may receive your blessing of deliverance from the lie, from the stories that the enemy has been telling them, from the false narrative that the enemy has been telling us, saying we are worthless, we are abandoned, when in fact it's the opposite. We are worth it, we have been adopted, we are full of hope. Because God gave us hope. We are strong because we are made strong by God himself. Hallelujah. No, I pray, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, that someone's story begin to shift right now, begin to change. Someone's narrative begin to change right now in the name of Jesus. Amen.